Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Blokey Podcast. Now, this week, I sat down with Jess and Danielle to talk about how they scaled their cake-making business from zero to 5,000 followers in under a year. Now, Danielle is 16 and Jess is 20, but when I sat down, I felt a true sense of maturity, responsibility, and discipline between the both of them, which I feel is necessary to run a successful business. Now, we talked about entrepreneurship, lifestyle, but above all, we found out the secret to making the perfect cake. I am Ben, and this is the Blokey Podcast. So without further ado, roll it. What is the reason for starting the business in the first place? Um, basically, it all came about um, when we were in the first lockdown. Um, my my A-levels had been cancelled, um, so I didn't really have a lot to do, to be honest. Um, so I spent a lot of time like cooking and baking and everything. Um, kind of at the end of May, um, a family, a friend asked us to make a cake for them and I did and it just went from there really. It was kind of a bit of a random thing but yeah and it's just grown really, yeah. I'm glad. So specifically why baking? Because I've started a podcast, loads of other people are starting boutiques, uh, eyelash companies, all these different things but you lot decided to do baking. Why baking specifically? Um, well I think you want to do sewing like Jess wanted to do so many different things. Right. I liked cooking in we liked cooking in general, and then I think I asked to make a cake for my friend's birthday, and then also for Mother's Day, and then I think we kind of went. Actually, it looked pretty decent after right. cooking or baking since we were like kids. Yeah, yeah Dan's always baked, and yeah. I've always been really artsy, so it kind of just came together, really, yeah. didn't it? Like we kind of did it for the first time. We were very shocked at how good it actually looked for the first mm. time in so many like years, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. So it was more a combination of the two skills. You're really yeah. good at baking and you're more business and just entrepreneur yeah. mindset. So you combine the two and create the baking business. Yeah, definitely. So you started 2020 never having decorated a cake and now you've got your own business. So what was the transition period like from never baking a cake to running a business with other 8,000 followers on Instagram? If I'm honest, I don't even know. <laughs> I know when you, you kind of start doing something and genuinely it was something I'd never done before. As right. I said, I've always been a very arty, creative person. Mm. So that definitely helped. Um, and just a lot of trial and error, a lot mm. of um, like YouTube videos, a right. lot of like online tutorials, things like that. Um, and just loads and loads of practice. I think yeah. when you first start doing it, um, you don't really know what you're doing and you make loads of mistakes and you learn from them and everything. Um, and then when you've been doing it for a long time, you just like you, your skills just get better and better. Mm. Um, and then obviously your pictures look better, yeah. you get a bigger client base. So then that means that we do get quite a lot of um, customers, new customers, everyone, because people recommend you. Yeah. Um, you kind of, yeah, really, I suppose people look at our social media and go like, oh yeah, that looks really good. Mm. I'd like to order from them. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just, grown from starting mm. completely from scratch yeah. right. and it kind of just took off really quickly mm. um so yeah so you lot are doing this from the family home right yeah so when you're starting off the business and basically making cakes all the time i imagine and trying to get better and better and better what is the family thinking <laughs> um oh i mean to be fair our dad's quite chill yeah he's put up with a lot um yeah. <laughs> like yeah it was it's been very busy there are boxes everywhere especially boxes. from our old kitchen to the new kitchen yeah. such a difference yeah the it's old kitchen was really kitchen. small and it was like right. a galley kitchen right. whereas yeah. now we've got um we kind of did it all um but yeah we're lucky my dad's quite chill so yeah. um yeah he just goes with it really um he doesn't do necessarily a masses of cooking anyway right. it'll kind of just be like an evening thing so usually during the day we've just got free reign in the kitchen yeah. 
Cool, good. So now after getting good at baking, you're going to have to sell these things. So at the start, where did your original client base come from? Family and friends, really. Um, Yeah, I had a few friends ask for me to make um, make them cakes. Um, Was this after you said, I'm starting a business, or did they go, oh, you're actually quite decent, can you make me a cake? Yeah, I'd basically posted on my Facebook some cakes that I'd made. It wasn't a business thing, really. Mm. Um, I made then an account to kind of post... um, what we'd done really not yeah. necessarily even to sell them but so just yeah. like scones we'd made or like some brownies or Portfolio. something like that yeah just in general yeah and it just um obviously people follow you and then people recommend you if they kind yeah. of really like what they're doing and it kind of just grows from there really because you kind of have people that i've got so many lovely customers that order from us every single occasion that they've got yeah. um so yeah it just kind of it grows in a lot of ways social media is definitely the biggest mm. way of growth um, especially at the moment. Um, so, yeah, definitely um, social media, word of mouth were probably yeah. the two biggest um, things that really kind of like we kind of definitely built up. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, it's a very kind of social media-based business. Right. So out of you two, who runs the social media? Me, really. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a pe- 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 perfectionist, sorry. <laughs> so I... Um, like doing all the photos and the editing and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, basically I run, um, yeah, the social media pages, which I quite enjoy doing, really. Mm. So yeah. how did you grow the social media? Because we've made social medias, I've made multiple businesses before and kind of had the experience of growing them, which isn't easy. So you actually started your f- Instagram and uploaded the first post on May 16th, 2020. And by the December of that year, you had 2,000 followers already. Mm. How did you yeah. do that? Um, again, it was just us keep sharing on our stories because I say like put together we have like this that amount kind of thing. Yeah, mm. our followers. Um, just, doing things like giveaways is always really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, kind of f- finding local bakers or finding even bakers that are from other places. Really, um, again, your client base getting built up. Um, just having I definitely think that having a very good social media page kind of people go oh that looks really good so Mm. it's just always posting photos every Mm. day twice a day um, posting videos um, and yeah just just kind of constantly being on it I'm sure you Mm. know that a small business it's not just a nine-to-five thing it's a 24-7 thing you've got to be on your phone all the time promoting things my dad's always like get off your phone and I'm like I'm working it's not (laughs) just me on Snapchat and it's like you've got to work really really hard at it Um, and the work does end up paying off now we're on 7.5k followers um, after nearly two years not even that well yeah two years ish Mm -hmm. so yeah how have you found that translating to the parents that you're working when they're going, right, get off your phone, and you're like, no, I'm working, and they're like, how? Because well, I get that a lot. I'm like, no, I'm doing this for this, and they're like, yeah, but you're not getting paid even if you are. It's a little bit hard to translate the where the payments are coming from and things like this. So how did you kind of sit down and go, listen, we're actually making some money off this, so when I'm on my phone, is it okay if I just keep doing that? Um, I think it's got to do with... Um, again, as I said before, my dad's very chill. Mm. So although he makes those comments, he wouldn't have ever taken my phone away. Yeah. Right. Also, I, I am an ad- I'm 20, so what's he going to do? Do you know what I mean? 20, wow. Yeah. I thought so, you were a lot longer than that. No, she, Dan's 16 and I'm right. 20. Right. So again, he, like, what's he going to do? He can't <laughs> take my phone off me kind of thing. Yeah. He obviously does make comments and he's always like, yeah. oh, you're always on that phone. Yeah. Which, fair think, enough. But we've also like educated him on that side of like social media and stuff. And we're like, no, you can literally make a business from Instagram or mm. like you can 
just a TikTok and like mm. that is you see, it. You you've seen how it's grown. Yeah, you yeah. can see from starting off, obviously he like the difference in the photos and all things yeah. like that, mm. and you can see how basically the whole business has grown really yeah. from yeah. social media. Yeah. So he like accepts that really and just takes it on the chin. Like mm. as I said, he's not. I think it's just mental for like our parents to think, oh my god, you literally can sit on your phone and make a business. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's I've always found that hard to explain. Like I was yeah. talking to my dad about a social media follower, uh, someone that I follow on social media, a few days ago, and said, you know, they're twenty five and made millions, and he's like, wow, that's crazy. They're twenty five and made millions, expecting that you can only make that in your sixties once you've yeah. retired. Um, so to explain that and go, to be honest, in my opinion, if you haven't made millions by twenty five, you're almost out of the loop in a yeah. way. I feel like you should be able to make uh, millions by twenty five. So. My next question would be more about the client process. So when someone comes up to you and goes, I want this cake made by this time, what struggles have you encountered with that and how does the process work in general? Um, I mean, most of the time clients are amazing and they give me enough time to do it. We'll have a little chat about what they want. I kind of start off, I have obviously a price list and a menu. Yeah. So I kind of go like, let me know what size you want, depending on how much they serve yeah. um, and then what flavour sponge you'd like. And then we kind of talk designs. A lot of people send over cakes we've already done and ask us, oh, can you put that on it, but take that bit off and mm. things like that. Mm. Um, the struggles have definitely have been when people have given you like 48 hours for a cake <laughs> right. and you're like, oh my God, this is just a rush now. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, 95% of our customers are great and mm. give us a lot of, yeah, we have a lot of time, a lot of, um, kind of a lot of time to get things. I think people don't realise you've got to do so much. Say if someone wants a specific thing on a cake, mm. you've really got to like, you've got to research it and look at it online and everything like that. But yeah, I definitely say it's when people are really late notice. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, we're really lucky to be honest. How long does it take to make a cake, roughly, for a client? It it really depends. Obviously, if you're going to add up baking time and calling time yep. and and then decorating, you're looking at about four hours. Um, once you've baked, it's, obviously, it depends what size as well because, obviously, mm. certain sizes have to be baked for longer. Um, and, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it takes practice. I mean, when I first was doing them, I was taking like six hours. Mm. But I've kind of got it down now. Yeah, We're able to do it really quickly. You're able to bake really quickly yeah. now. Um, Especially when we're working together, it's so much quicker. Mm. You must notice it when I'm not there. Like, it's such a difference because I live at half and half. So, like, mm. and you're at school as well. And so at school, so it doesn't help. So, like, when I'm there, it probably... It's yeah, a it lot does. quicker, 100%. Yeah. But you, get, you kind of get into the swing of it, really. You, you know what you're doing and you... Yeah, you have more confidence with it, so mm. you kind of just roll with it. But definitely, 100%. it takes a lot of time to get to that point. Right. So, moving on, working as a duo. Now, starting this podcast with my mate, it, working as a duo, sometimes you have disagreements, sometimes you're not exactly sure where you want to go with the business and things like this. So, how have you found working together and making the right decisions when moving forward? Um, Fine, really. I don't know from I your think also, <laughs> because you are the older sister, you already have that... Right, you'd be doing this. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Authority. Yeah. Mm. And I think as well, because you have more control over it as well, I let you, because I know what you're doing. You you yeah. know what you're doing. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll let Jess. Well, because obviously mm. she's under 18. So things like insurance stuff is obviously in my name. Yeah. And I sort out most of the ordering ingredients. Because as I just said, Dan's at school. So mm. I'm not really doing anything. She's doing her A-level. So mm. I've got to have more of a balance with yeah. things. Mm. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, we do work well. But yeah, obviously, we do fr- yeah. work pretty well together. Yeah. And there's not, we don't ever have any disagreements or anything like that. We're quite similar people. Yeah. Um, anyway. 
Good. I'm glad. So <laughs> my next question, obviously, we were just talking then you've got the authority in a sense because you're older. Now, I feel like the same comes with my business running this with Ollie is that I've had a lot more experience running businesses, running social media accounts before. So I have a lot of the directional decisions. But then Ollie would sometimes say something and towards the beginning of the business, I was going, no, I know what I'm doing and kind of blocking it out. But then as I've grown and understood and actually taken on a few points, I've gone, you know what? A lot of these are fresh new ideas that I need yeah. to implement. Um, have you ever had that experience where you've kind of thought originally that you knew what you were talking about and then actually got an insight from somebody younger and went, actually, maybe? Or was it always straight off the get-go, she's my sister, I'm going to listen? <laughs> um, I mean, again, this is from my perspective. Yeah. Whenever we do events, I'll always send her things I want to offer. So I'll go like, oh my God, does this look good? Does that look right. good? And you'll always tell me what you yeah. prefer and everything like that. But obviously I don't know how you feel about it. No, I feel like, yeah, you say something and I'll just say, like, I'll just be honest because at the end of the day, like we just want it mm. to be like the best we can be. So I might be like, okay, that might not work. That'll be good. Yeah, it just depends, I suppose, like on the event and stuff. But yeah, I always just give as much advice as I can. Mm. Yeah, but again, we're very similar people. Yeah. So we usually mm. think the same way anyway. Yeah. I think um, it's positive you two growing up together mm. as well. That would have helped. Obviously, Ollie and I are from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. So when you come into an environment where you've kind of got to do the same thing, yeah. clashes of opinions happens quite often. But when you grow up together, it's kind yeah. of similar. Yeah. Um, so when deciding who did what, mm. did you go, okay, I'm really good at this. So I'm going to do this. And you're not so good at that. So you should do this instead. Or was it like, we're just going to go wherever we feel comfortable because a lot of people feel like they strive in places that they're comfortable rather than what they're good at. Now I've had to put Ollie in positions he's not good at, but enjoys to then get good at it, to then enjoy the job, to yeah. be good at it. Like if that makes sense. So was it straight away, right? You're strong at that. You're strong at that. Let's do this. Or was it more of a, what do you want to do? I think when baking a cake, definitely for a client, you can't just half up. Like yeah. you can't. So Dan is not, I'm not very creative in comparison mm. to Jess. Yes. Yeah, and you are yeah. perfectionist, which works. I very much like, I need to just get it done. I want to get it done. Da, 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 and I'm very impatient. Mm. So me doing the baking works a lot better and you doing the decorating because there's been times when we'll be practicing when it's just like not for a client and you're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I just want to get it done. So yeah. yeah and it, obviously you're selling to somebody. So yeah. it's a bit mm. different, isn't it? Like, I, I can't sell someone a cake that doesn't look good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mm. obviously Dan's not particularly artsy. But then through, she, like, you do loads of stuff. So you do all the baking, mm. all the, like, buttercream stuff. When we're doing <laughs> events, you always do the baking and I'll do the decorating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we a lot of the stuff we do together. But, yeah, yeah we kind of just... We know each other's strengths and I feel like we just yeah. play on that. Mm. Yeah. It's a lot better and it works a lot better as well. Yeah, definitely. Positive. So I want to move into the logistics of the business. And I'm mainly going to aim this at you because obviously you're older and all the things in your name. Um, how did you learn these sort of things? Because I knew it took me a few years before I understood how tax works, how running a business works, how taking profit, how to calculate profit, these sort of things. Even though I took business as a GCC, I was still a bit lost. Mm -hmm. So where did you get most of your knowledge from? Um, again, it was trial and error, really. Um, obviously, at the beginning, you know, you've got a register with your local council mm. um, and... Yeah, you can start trading. Um, you don't really have to worry at the time about them coming and doing um, an, in an inspection before you start. Mm. Um, we still haven't had ours, obviously, because COVID has delayed it. Yep. But because we're selling really low-risk products, say if we're selling fish and meat, you've got right, right. to kind of do it. Um, and then you kind of get business insurance. So I have public liability insurance for mm. the business. Right. Um, and you do a food safety and hygiene certificate, which the, which the council usually want to see, um, and then an allergen course as well. So mm. 
um, you have to start off with those things to be able to be to be able to start a business and make it safe and make it yep. as um, I don't know as clean and everything as possible to move forward. Really, um, so yeah, and I think things like profit and money, it. Honestly, it was just, I don't even know what it was. I just kind of randomly did it. I did loads of <laughs> research and I asked my dad for a little bit of advice on like mm. certain things. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, honestly, I can't even really tell you. It's It, it just kind of happened. Um, things like you apply for, you um, apply like self-employed and stuff like mm, that. Yep. Um, obviously, previously, I hadn't had a full-time job, obviously, because I've been at sixth form and everything right. like that. So I'd worked part-time. Um, so I obviously then had to, um, register myself as self-employed are you um, fully just baking now is that the only thing you do yeah yeah so wow. that's the only thing um to be fair actually i've always been self-employed if i'm actually be- yeah yeah um but i've <laughs> why was the hesitation worked, what was well i've worked for other people but okay. in reality i am self-employed so i used to do um like dance assisting right i did children's parties for a bit um i've done um kind of a lot of drama stuff like adverts and things like that mm. Um, and I also worked in like as a waitress, so I had employment with the wait being a waitress, but the other things were self employment, really. Right. Um. So yeah, it, it's kind of just fallen into place. I've had advice from certain people. I've had advice from bakers, which has been really good. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's been it's been relatively smooth. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So something you both have in common, which I read on your Instagram, is that you don't want to work a nine five. There is extreme, almost hatred. <laughs> towards the nine five now i agree with this uh but i also support people that work in a nine five if you're happy with that and that's how you want to live your life go for it that's just not me and i imagine you two are on the same page but why i mean i i can't even concentrate in a lesson for two hours honestly (laughs) i have no concentration span um i need to be doing something i I wouldn't be able to sit in an office for that amount of time i'm too hyperactive i'm too um (laughs) i have too many ideas i've got i've always said i always have a practical job whether that Mm. is musical theatre whether that's teaching things like that I'll always I won't be able to my dad works a nine-to-five job Mm. which he enjoys and he's whatever that quite works for him (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I don't know with you as well like um, yeah I just it's just so boring Mm. like even just having a two-hour lesson I'm sitting like okay I need to get up I need to move around just being able to have fun and I'm not saying nine-to-fives aren't fun but just being able to be flexible with like your hours and all things like that. I just mm. feel like having the same mundane routine. Oh, I just can't <laughs> stand it. I need mm. a bit of spice. Yeah. I need something that will. And I have friends who exciting. have full time jobs in London and love it. They enjoy going up, like getting yeah. the train and whatever, which is great. Like that's mm. what yeah. they want to do, but it's never been something I want to do. Mm. I've always been academic at school, but I just was like, <laughs> I'm never going to. I can't do anything like this. Yeah. I, I like f- flexibility and stuff. Makes sense. So, so mm. my question would be leading on from that was sort of why not the nine five for a specific reason like money freedom lifestyle but it pretty clear that it's more freedom you want to be able to just adapt around your work day and kind of pick and choose now running a business seems like that and then sometimes it seems like the opposite because realistically you're spending your whole time doing work now what has that been like almost realizing what entrepreneurship actually is because it's always um, idolized and made seem really, really nice to go into. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a freelancer. I can do my own work whenever. I can go on holiday and do my work from there. And then when you work twenty four seven on holiday, and you're like, holy shit, I'm working twenty four seven on holiday. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more of a struggle. So, how have you found entrepreneurship path itself? I still feel like it has loads of freedom. I work for myself, so yeah. I haven't got a. And obviously, I work from home. So if I'm got to do some work, I can just 
get out of bed, have a shower, go downstairs and I mm. can do work. Um, and I find it quite fun, to be fair. I don't really do anything particularly boring. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you're the same, really. Like, it, it is, it's... You don't have a boss breathing down your throat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and it's freedom. You do like, have freedom and I can do things when I want to do it and I can choose my hours. Mm. And like, so for example, I'm very much a night owl. So I'd rather like work and be baking to 1am than getting up at six and baking. Yeah, That's just my way of doing things. So um, yeah, it, it has got a lot of freedom. And I think that definitely helps. Um, and yeah, it is really busy, but to be fair, 90% of it I quite enjoy doing. So I mm. think that makes a massive difference. Mm. Um, when you enjoy it and actually 100%. what you're kind of doing. I agree. And I think something about entrepreneurship and being your own boss isn't the freedom it gives you as a sense. It's more the freedom to make decisions yeah. rather than telling, having someone tell you, you need to make this decision. This is how the business is going to move forward. You can go, I want to change this. I want to change this. I think we should do this. And it's just the freedom to be able to do that, um, which really gives you space. And I'm sure you lot agree. Yeah. So just then you said about being a night owl. So you said, you know, I prefer waking up a little bit later and then working into the night. How have you taken criticism and also this, looking at the stereotypical entrepreneur lifestyle? Entrepreneur lifestyle, wake up at 5am, go to the gym, eat healthy, do this. It's more, it's all this image of perfection, really, which isn't how it needs to be or should be in some circumstances. So how have you adapted to your own schedule and really understood that it's okay to have your own schedule rather than focusing on what the stereotypical entrepreneur should do? Um, I think also it's because I, as I said, I've always worked part time when I've been at school um, and sixth form I absolutely despised. It was the worst two years of my life. So I quite liked that freedom to do what I wanted when I wanted. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. There are so many entrepreneurs that kind of do all of those things. But I think for me, it really works being very relaxed mm. for a lot of different reasons, for a lot of personal reasons. It really helps. Um, I need something flexible at the moment. Definitely. Mm. Don't know with you as well. Like, I suppose I've still got the school routine. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, okay, can you bake a cake at ten? And I'm like, I need to get up tomorrow. Yeah. But when it's like half term, it's so nice just being mm. able to actually just chill, do what mm. you want. Like, and it helps with you as well. You don't actually have to work in a pub yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. That's quite nice. Any from that, so yeah. you don't have to go through all the jobs and that that I did when I was in sixth form, which is good, really. Yeah. Isn't it? Because you haven't got to stress about. Going to an eight-hour shift, yeah. it's kind of like we can work it around, yeah, um, and you're still earning, which is good. Right. So, talking about money for a second, how does that get split? If you don't mind me asking, because I'm thinking about it with this business, is it a term of fifty-fifty because there's two people in the business, or is it who does the most work, who does uh, the most hours, or is it strictly fifty-fifty? What is it? Um, it is. It's not fifty-fifty. It is kind of based on how much work we do. Mm. Um, so obviously. Um, but t depending on the month, really. So things like events, obviously Dan will get paid a lot more because she does a lot more. Whereas, right. say, if it's just a normal week um, and she's not really around, obviously I'm doing all the work um, and I obviously do everything else. I get the ingredients, I post all social media stuff, mm. I organise things, I make sure I've got boxes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it is... Main, it, it, I kind of earn the bulk of the money, but obviously I kind of pay you... Mm. Um, a big amount like a chunk of what we're earning based on how much she's done yeah. really mm. yeah i think i want to say quickly that i think the reason for your success in my opinion is the maturity from both of you i know it's just from sitting on this podcast and having a conversation you're both very mature well presented and just know exactly what you're saying um, and also have a really good bond between you but i want to know what you think your reason for success was was it a characteristic a way you went about it what do you think what do you think you <laughs> oh no no because you are very clever and you don't realize how clever you are 
And I think you just kept persevering. And also it sounds bad because you didn't have anything to do. Yeah. You had, ev- you could put everything into it. Mm. So I think I was still, what, year 10 and then going into year 11. So I still was like, okay, right now I've got my GCSEs. Now I've got A-levels. It's like, mm. oh, but you haven't had that. You've actually yeah. been like, actually, I could put 100% into it. And that 100% has paid off. Like you, yeah. can, you can tell. Anyone that knows me knows that I put 100% into every single thing I do. So 100%. if I'm doing something, it has got my focus. And I've had a couple of friends who kind of started businesses yeah. and didn't really persevere with it. Mm. Sort of a couple of months mm. later, they thought, oh, I'm not getting anywhere. Whereas at the beginning, I was like, no, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. I may have one cake a week, but hopefully that's going to be two cakes a week, three cakes a week. And you just carry on going. You carry on creating new ideas. I honestly have given so many cakes to like my nan, um, <laughs> where I've been like, right, try this. It's good. Yeah. Decorating techniques. So I think... You definitely, you have to put so much work in. And I think that's why a lot of people really struggle with their business because they just half-ass it really. Whereas because I've always put so much effort into it and I'm such a perfectionist, that then just, it just works and it carries on and your hard work does pay off in the end. And I've always kind of said that. And I think if you enjoy it as well and you actually find something that you're good at. Mm. I think some people just find anything to do in Mm. lockdown. They're like, oh, just do this. And it's like, okay, but do you actually like doing it? Or Mm. you're actually good at it kind of Mm. thing. Yeah. I think it's it's quite inspirational to see how you two speak in that sense because I've had a lot of people on the podcast who say they want to do certain things and want to go certain directions and just haven't kept consistent with it. But the mindset that you've got and the determination between the both of you is incredible, to say the least. Um, how do you maintain that through the hard times, through the dry periods where you don't get any cakes or or maybe you just get negative feedback for a few months and you're like, how is this feeling? How do you stay with that positive mindset? Um, it can be really difficult um, when you've got a really quiet week because you kind of feel a bit like mm, no one really wants a cake. But you do have to rationalise it in the sense that if people haven't got an occasion, they're not going to yeah, order a cake. And it doesn't mean they don't want to order from you. Yeah. If they've not got a birthday, they're not going to yeah. order mm. from you. So you have to look at it in that way. So I have clients mm. that have ordered me from things like four, four times a year, but yeah. they, they only need a cake for their yeah. relatives. They don't, they're, so they're not going to just order cakes for no reason. Mm. So you've got to keep that in mind. Um, you've also got to keep in mind that you've got busier kind of times yeah. and I'll look at my diary and go like Christmas. Right, next, yeah, next week's really busy mm. events are always really yeah. really busy for us so you just have to keep persevering with it yeah. um, and then when I'm not working I'll do everything else well, well not, when I'm not baking anyway I'll mm. do everything else so I'll do ingredients I'll do um, order boxes I'll make cake toppers that I do like, so you can do things whilst you're not um, working yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah i get you so it's more of a uh staying busy seeing what the bigger picture is yeah. in a sense so that's how to keep the mentality but where did that mentality come from in the first place why the perseverance why the determination why are you a perfectionist i don't know i think it's just always been me hasn't it in yeah. everything i've ever done ever mm. i've always been I give everything 100%. I yeah. don't, if I'm not going to give it 100%, I won't do it. Is this even thing, it's like school. Yeah. So yeah. school, that even though you didn't enjoy it, you still... Well, I liked 100%. lower school. Year 7 to 11 was good. Yep. Um, and yeah, I used to get kind of, um, not in trouble, but my teacher used to be like, you need to calm down. Like, you don't have to get everything perfect. Um but Which I is weird for to. a teacher to say. Yeah, well, I mean, like, to be honest, I was an absolute stress pot and I was just <laughs> like... Like, they probably thought, right, she's just a bit, like, not stable right now. Mm. We need to mm. rein her in. It's okay. But I've never been like that. Like, and I think that's kind of why I became a girl at school um, and why I was given quite a lot of responsibility because I would yeah. just do things. And right. I've always been that way, really. So it's something that just is in me. And I think yeah. it's like with you as well. 
I'm not as much of a perfectionist as you are. You're a lot more well balanced than I am. I'm a bit <laughs> too much, whereas you're a lot more. Um, but you put, you've always put effort into things. You've always worked really yeah. hard. At I school. mean, if I know I'm good at it, I'll mm. put more effort into it. And sometimes I think I need to put more effort into things I'm not good at. But I just think if I'm good at it, I might as well just work at that and mm. make that be better instead of mm. saying that I'm not good at. <laughs> Have you ever thought that you don't want to be a perfectionist? Have you ever been in so in depth into something and trying so hard and you go, you know what, I wish I didn't care about this? Um, yeah, at different times I've been like, why is my head like this? But... I, I don't think it would change with me. I think some, some certain things I think are just you. And yeah. I think for me, being a perfectionist, I'm never happy until I get to the top. Mm. And if I'm not at the top, I'm like, no, it's not good enough. Yeah. And even when other people are like, oh my God, that's so good. For me, I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't think I'll ever change really with that. <laughs> I think it's always going to be, I think it's something that I um, not necessarily struggle with, but it'll always be something that definitely yeah. um, I do. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean yeah, it it helps in some ways, it doesn't in other ways. But mm. um, yeah. Okay, so following on from that question, mm. um, I see a lot of people on social media and also friends of mine that have told me that working hard and not taking many breaks is almost toxic, mm. and you need to give yourself a break and give yourself time off. Now, with the perfection, perfectionist mindset, mm. it's hard to do that for yourself mm. when you want to get something done and when you want to make sure it's perfect. You're like, I don't want to stop. How have you turned around to yourselves and gone, I should take a break now? Where's the breaking point? Um, I think I learned a lot really at school, um, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just this absolute nutter um, that was obsessed with revising and working. And um, we've always done musical theatre, so I was always at dance. I was like, honestly, in year 12 was a manic year for me. Yeah. Um, I was so ridiculously busy. I was doing three A-levels. I was going to dance. I was having private singing lessons, drama lessons. Um, I was learning to drive. Mm. Um, I was doing, I think replays at one point um like I was so busy and then when I got to year 13 I had a bit of a crash and I think at that point I thought you know what like I'm putting so much effort in but I'm just burning myself out yeah. and it wasn't a positive thing for me so now I think some people did take that like not use it to their, yeah used yeah, it to yeah, their advantage you kind of took the mic quite a bit especially like yeah. with teachers and stuff well, they, they knew I would do it so they yeah. just go oh Jess can do it even though mm. there's four exactly. other people that yeah. can do it mm. um they never took you into consideration 100%. as a person. They almost used your skills and just yeah. focused on that. Yeah, they just looked at me like, oh, Jess, she's really great. She does this, she does that. And um, we can rely on her to do things. And that's what I did. And I was working. I had so much on. I didn't have a, a moment where I wasn't doing anything at all. Mm. Even when I go to bed, I'd be revising for my like driving theory test. Mm. I'd be learning lines. I was ridiculously busy. I had lots of responsibility at home as well. I was cooking, cleaning, washing, ironing, getting the food shop. So that even added to my mm. life. Mm. Um and to be fair, I don't find owning a business um, to that extent because it's my main focus. Uh. And I find it... But in yeah, control of it, I suppose. I'm in control of it. And compared to my life previously, this is nothing, <laughs> basically. And I think mm. that's something that's definitely, um, yeah, just, it's kind of just, yeah, it's always been me. I've always been like that. But, mm. yeah. Did you find it hard to switch off? Oh, I'm never switched off. <laughs> I'm never. I've always got a hundred tabs open in my head. I'm always mm. thinking of things. I'm always, as you know, <laughs> I'm I'm never switched off. You're mm. you're very very more like well yeah, but balanced. I'm starting to be like okay, right, I've got this to do. I didn't get together, but 
yeah but constantly in my head I'm thinking oh maybe that maybe that maybe mm. and I think it is a thing with creative businesses you're always thinking about new ideas yeah. um yeah uh yeah <laughs> anyone who knows me would be like yeah okay yeah, that's yeah. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes if you can't switch off mm. you tend to shut down without meaning to it gets to a point and you just go this is way too much now and it just all turns off at once yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's only ever happened once, um, kind of at the end of year 12, really. Um, I haven't really been in that position because there's not really a lot going on in my life. I mean, I suppose you go, running the business is really big, but mm. I haven't got loads of other responsibilities necessarily. Mm. I can relax. I can do my own thing when I want to do it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, I completely burned out in year 12. Um, I just couldn't do anything anymore. It was it, Honestly, it was the weirdest thing ever where I mm. physically couldn't even get out of bed some days because I was yeah. so exhausted from doing everything. Um, so, yeah, I've always been an overdoer, yep. which hasn't been great. Um, yeah. But it's perfect for entre- entrepreneurship. Yeah. Perfect for yeah. it. So that crash at the end of year 12, mm-hmm. then transitioning into now. Yeah. And running the business and starting that up. Was there a gap? Did you crash and then go, right, I need to focus on something? Or was it crash, break, try again, crash, break, try again, business? How did the process um, work? So, obviously, the end of year 12, things started to go bad. Year 13, things basically shit hit the fan, basically. Right. Um. So, from September up until March, when we went into lockdown, I just was a mess. I couldn't do anything. Mm. wasn't going to school, which was so unlike me. Mm. Always 100% attendance and all of that. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, kind of in the first lockdown, I really still wasn't in a great headspace, but I was doing things to distract myself. Mm. Mm. Um, my dad went into hospital with COVID, which... I had to then distract myself with stuff because I yeah. was so stressed and so worried. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it kind of just, I was trying to do different things and work out what I wanted to do and having a focus is a good thing. Um, and it was kind of a relaxed focus. By May, I felt a little bit more like, okay, let's do something here. And it started off really slowly and slowly build build up and I wasn't answerable to anybody. I didn't have to be anywhere. Mm. I could do work from my bed if I wanted to. Mm. And that's what I found really helpful. Um, so it was only my own money. So I felt I had some level of like pride yeah. and I didn't feel completely worthless. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just was, and I suppose for you it was quite good as well. You were in lockdown with me, yeah. um, so it helped kind of you. Um, also, earn a little bit of money. Yeah. yeah. So on my part, yeah, <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, um, a major recuperation progress, rebuilding of yourself and your character and who you are to then become this focused businesswoman. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, yeah, it was. It's a good. Thi- it was a good thing for me to do because at the time I just. I, the thought of going and working somewhere, working as a sh- I, it just wasn't possible. I just mm. couldn't. Um, so it kind of a way of me making a bit of money because at the beginning you don't earn masses, but mm. it was kind of just a, a slow progression. Um, and I still have a lot of time on my hands of doing things. Um, during the week I do, most people want to cake for the weekend. Right. So often Monday and Tuesday are very free for us. Um, so again, I have breaks on those days. Good. So yeah. Good. So you found time for yourself, mm. found a way to channel all your energy into one thing, which is almost given you a relaxation in a sense, yeah. rather than being all over the place. Mm. Good. So now I read your Instagram mm. and one of your pieces of advice, which I want to read out because I really liked it. Mm. Um, I want to know what really resonated with you mm. from that and why you felt the need to share it as well. So the quote was, people don't think more of you because you do things for them. They just think less of you when you no longer do those things. Mm. Now, I'm into successful quotes. I'm into c- c- quotes yeah. and all that. Post it all over my Instagram and stuff like this. 
but I've never actually read a quote like mm. that that went, holy shit, mm. like that's actually spot on. Mm. So why, where, how, what is um, it? It was just my kind of experience. Um, actually, one of my, um, well, she wasn't a teacher, she was part of the sixth form team. Um, and this was in year 12 where I was so busy and she was, and I'd go in, I went into her office and would feel like, I'm so stressed. And she said that to me, she was like, you need to slow down. And I was just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just going to carry on doing it. Um, and then when I kind of crashed in year 13 and I couldn't do what everyone wanted me to do, I really noticed the difference um, from certain people in my life. Um, I don't want to say names, but um, kind of, yeah, yeah um, people kind of the top of my school. Mm. Um, suddenly I was like, just like, oh, well, she's Awful a lost cause devil now. child. Like, right. She doesn't do anything. Like it, that was the change. Mm. And I actually thought like, you know what? They thought a lot of me because I did so much. Yeah, and sure. then when I'm not doing stuff, I'm mm. just worthless to them. They just don't care. Mm. And Especially that's kind like of like the whole grammar school. Like the difference in like mm. the, when we talk about schools because I went to a non-grammar, she went to a grammar. Right. Just like certain stuff that like you would say, and I'm like, they really are that so mm. thingy on you, but yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I was thinking about that, and it happened yeah. in different areas of my life, really. But it happened in a lot of areas where I was just overexerting myself, um, and then people don't appreciate it; they mm. just see it as normal. And then when you stop doing things that aren't even like necessities to do. Yeah. They go like, oh, well, and they just feel like, and you're just mm. like, oh, am I that much of a disappointment? So that's mm. something that I definitely now will always stand by because I kind of know how it is for that to happen. Previously, I'd yeah. always been very much like... Do anything um, for anyone. I do anything thing. for everyone. Everyone respected me um, and I always got positive feedback from what I did. Yeah. Um, and then I've actually realised it doesn't matter mm. as 100%. long as you're okay. I think the difference was you do too much for them. Yeah. So when you're doing actually the normal amount, mm. they're like, oh, well, Jess isn't doing it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm doing the normal amount that everybody else yeah. is doing. Yeah. Because you took that one step mm. further, they're like, oh, well, now Jess is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're definitely. not. Did that affect trust with friends? Um, it wasn't necessarily friends because all my close friends who I'm close with now have been really supportive. Obviously, some haven't. Um, but um, it was mainly just with people. School was a massive thing for me um, in terms of stress and anxiety. I just hated going in. Um, I felt like I had to behave a certain way. Um, and, yeah, so it did definitely affect my view on certain things. Mm. I always had quite a good... I quite enjoyed going to school when I was younger and now mm. I'm like, I do not even want to step foot in that <laughs> building anymore because it just brings back so much mm. stress and anxiety and me feeling like mm. disappointed everybody around me. So mm. in terms of friendships, it hasn't necessarily done that, but definitely things like school and stuff, it's really kind of had a massive impact actually on my confidence and how I felt about myself moving forward. And yeah, trust and thinking, well, they only like me because I'm so busy yeah. rather than as a person. Mm. So yeah. Mm. But it sounds like you're on the right, path and the mm. right place to almost recover from that which yeah. i think is positive um so i read that you don't want to be in bacon forever neither of you it's not <laughs> something that's long term in your minds uh, and by that i mean the next 10 years mm. pro probably five years is maybe yeah, accurate yeah. but breaching 10 you're yeah. looking to get into other things such as musical theater and performing mm. or more like tv and film mm. yeah that's definitely. kind of my side and yours is more like musical theater or like teaching and stuff yeah, definitely for me. Um, I Another thing that I found really difficult is I had my whole life planned out and anyone who knows me knows that. I was so prepared. By yourself? I was, yeah, by myself. Right. I, just, I just knew what I wanted to do. Mm. I prepared myself for all of those things. And then obviously stuff happens and it didn't then happen. Um, so I started baking just as 
a thing to do and I then it then took off um but it's it's not something that I will do forever it's probably something I'll always do on the side yeah mm. but definitely um drama acting things like that has always been my dream to go into and it still is really um and the same with you isn't it yeah 100% yeah. so is that the dream is that the is that the pinnacle of your lives really is that the dream to be going into performing arts 100% yeah 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 definitely that's the goal yeah. Um, I've been at the goal a couple of times when it, it hasn't just worked out, but um, definitely that is the goal yeah. um, for the future. Yeah. So bacon is supporting that. The income from that is supporting that. Yeah, yeah I think um, not that I'm current. I'm, I'm not like currently auditioning and stuff like that. But right. a lot of working yeah. actors will know that mm-hmm. um, the job. <laughs> you need you need to be able to have a job that you can drop because yeah. you may get cast in a role. Yeah. Um, or you may have to go to an audition and all that kind of stuff. So you do need something that's really flexible. So right. I do think baking definitely is very flexible, which yeah. works out really good for us, really. Mm. And yeah. hopefully moving forward, it will also help us get a bit of money whilst we're working, whilst we're out of work. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it definitely is um, something that's going to help, hopefully, for the future. Especially yeah. that you both want to go into that. If mm. one of you had a dream to go and perform in arts and one of you wanted to continue the baking business mm. forever, it'd be a bit of a clash. But the fact that you both want to go the same direction... Mm is mm. the dream yeah <laughs> um so obviously there well maybe there'll be a point where you reach this performing arts role that you both mm. want and they go right but we need you to go full time and then you have to turn around and drop the bacon yeah i mean i don't think either of us are particularly opposed to that mm. I think we'd understand um, and it completely depends what kind of thing you're doing so mm. Um, if you're at drama school, you have to work because it's so yeah. expensive to go. Right. Um, if you're auditioning, you need to work. So the only thing, and even working in theatre shows, it's not a huge amount of money you get paid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, TV and film are probably the only things that you need to be there full time for. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there'll always be time, um, and it's something I'll always kind of keep open. I won't yeah, no, completely shut it and never do it again, but mm. it's something that we can reopen again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you enjoy it always keep like it on the back burner kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a business that you've started mm. that's become a real passion, but you've got a bigger dream in sight, but you could never leave the baking behind is the verdict. Yeah, yeah we, we will saying. always bake. Um, yeah, it, it's something that we've kind of grown in and you've always baked anyway, haven't you? Yeah, I've always liked baking. Yeah, so. Positive. It looks like you're on a really good path mm-hmm. and everything is set out and I'm really happy for you for that because a lot of people come in here confused and mm. end up going, actually, do I really want to do what I'm mm. doing? And get a little bit stuttery and nervous, but you two have been perfect. Um, I just <laughs> want to know for the last question, in five words, mm. you can either do two each and then one joint or five <laughs> each. How do you make the perfect cake? Um, time. Yeah. Patience. Concentration. <laughs> you do. Not that I really have that, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, time, patience, concentration, um, perseverance. I say skill. Well. Yeah, skill and practice, definitely. Right. Practice. Perfect. I'm going to write all them down and go try and make a cake in the kitchen <laughs> now. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I've been Ben. You. This has been the Bulky Podcast, and yeah, appreciate watching.